Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week and thank you for joining us. Every week we have uh, been doing a series now. Today will be, I think, eight segments that we have filmed on the seven I am's of Jesus. And if you've missed any of these programs and you'd like to go back and review them or you thought, boy, I listened to this one, I wish I'd have heard the other ones, I've got some good news for you. They are available. You can simply go back to YouTube and watch everything that we have aired to date is archived there and you can watch them on demand. Uh, We also have uh, the audio portions of these programs for those of you who would like to uh, redeem the time perhaps by listening to the audio portions of these programs in your car or when you're walking or you're working out or uh, you know sometimes people like to put them in earbuds in and and go for a walk or get on the treadmill or whatever got some good news for you again you can listen to the audio portions of this on our podcast on our iTunes page and also you say well I don't have uh, uh, I don't have an Apple device I've got an Android device well we've got it also in an RS feed for your Android device here's the easiest way to do it Go to my website at lenhouse.com. It's already on the screen there in the lower thirds. And just type in lenhouse.com. And in the opening page in the upper right-hand corner, there are little uh, icons. There are symbols for YouTube. You tap on that, you get our TV program. If you tap on the one for the iTunes podcast, it'll take you directly to our podcast. If you type on the little robot, it will take you directly to our RSS feed for Android devices, and then you can stream or download the audio portions of these programs and listen to them at your leisure so that you can get the Word in a lot of different ways. Now let me just say very quickly as well, it is absolutely free of charge to you. We put it up there at no charge, and so you can watch them, enjoy them, share them with your friends, share them on your Facebook page, or whatever you'd like to do with those. We encourage you to do that. I would also say, though, if you're blessed by our ministry and you'd like to sow seed into it, then please do that by simply going to our website and you can give there via credit card, debit card, or you call the number on the screen or give uh, via check or money order to the address that will come up on the end of this program. We do need your help. And although those of you who watch us know we do not spend very much time at all trying to raise money. We are probably the worst at that than anything else we do. But we do need your help, and we believe God is able to lay on your heart uh, what you could give to this ministry. We're not going to try to manipulate you or scam you or try to get you to do something that you're not able to do. But if you're being blessed by this program and you're being fed by it, uh, just be responsible and sow back into it so that others can receive it as well. We're talking about the seven times in the book of John that Jesus said, I am. And the contrast again was he's saying, I am. He's saying, this is what you thought it was, but that's not it. I am. And I showed you, and we're going to continue to unpack these as we go on through this study. But when he does the first one, he says, I am the bread of life. He takes them out into the wilderness and feeds the multitude with bread and fish. He's got them in a wilderness setting much like the wilderness journey of the Old Testament under Moses. And he said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead. But I am the true bread that came down from heaven. In other words, you thought that was the bread, but I'm the bread. I am. 
you thought, and, and all through these I am's, and we're going to unpack more of them as we go, but you thought that the law of Moses was the light, but I am the light of the world. But Moses gave you the law, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John 5.45 says, Do not think I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, whom you serve. But he goes on to say, do not think I will accuse you to the Father. And what we did with that is we took you over to two different stories. One was a woman caught in adultery, and the other one was of a man born blind. And when Jesus finds this woman who was caught in adultery, caught in the very act, and the people bring her to Jesus and said, Moses, in His law, said she should be stoned. They were wanting condemnation from Him. Jesus stoops down, writes in the sand, and says to the woman, Woman, where are those thine accusers? And she said, I don't have any, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then He says, right behind that in John 8, I am the light of the world. What he's contrasting here is that Moses in his law will always bring accusation and condemnation to you, but I didn't come to condemn you, I came to redeem you and to empower you. See, you know, see, law can change your behavior, but grace will change your heart. The law can conform you, but grace will transform you. It's the difference between be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Make no mistake about it. I've been a grace preacher for a long time, and maybe not every grace preacher is preaching this, but I believe that grace will change you. As a matter of fact, it's the only thing that brings real change in your life. And so that's what Jesus was saying here is, I am the light. Here's the light that I've come into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might have life. And then we showed you the, in John chapter 9 where there's a man born blind, and again, here comes these Pharisees with their legalism and law-based mentality, and they said, who sinned? This man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that I might work the works of God. And Jesus takes this man, stoops down, takes some sand or some clay, and spits in the clay, and heals the man's eyes on the Sabbath day, and again, in that same uh, chapter, chapter 9, he says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And so what he was saying here, again, the contrast is, you want to bring this guy up on all kinds of charges of who sin, this man or his parents. But I'm the light, and I've come to show you, I didn't come to condemn, I came to give life. See, I believe that what happens is, is Jesus does not leave us in the condition that He finds us in. He brings real change, lasting change in our lives. And when He, you know, they're about to put this man out of the synagogues, and Jesus sends him to the pool of Siloam, and says to the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which being interpreted means sent, He says. The word Siloam means to be sent. The word sent there is the Greek word apostelos, where we get our Greek word apostle. 
He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to change where you've been washing at and send you to an apostolic pool that's going to remove the blindness from your eyes. And the blindness has come because when Moses is read, it puts a veil over our face so we can't see the end of what's abolished. And one of the things that's been dealt with is our sin was put on him at the tree so that you and I could walk in a newness of life and not in the oldness of the letter. And what I showed you, and there's just, I'm getting bogged down here in review, but in both of those stories, what you see is Jesus stooped down with a woman in adultery. He takes his finger, he writes in the sand. His finger is the divine. The sand speaks of our human nature. And what he does is the human and the divine come together. And when they do, it creates a new creature. When he takes the dirt and, and, and the, the mud and creates clay and then takes his spittle, the divine and the human come together again. And what he does is put, uh, makes us a partaker, if you will, in picture form. This is what those things picture. He makes us a partaker of His divine nature. And what He shows you is that condemnation and guilt under the law of Moses is not the light, I'm the light. And then we begin to show you the contrast between the Scriptures and Isaiah chapter 9. Let me read a few of these and let's see if we can come back and, and pick up a few pieces here. He said, nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. This is Isaiah 9, verse 1 and 2 when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath light shined. Matthew chapter 4, this is a direct quote from Isaiah chapter 9. It says in Matthew 4 verse 12, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now remember, we just read about that in Isaiah 9. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. And from that time Jesus began to pre preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at a hand. Now let me just tell you that when Jesus literally, or these scriptures are absolutely quotes from Isaiah chapter number 9. You can also see this in Isaiah 42 where he said, behold my servant upon whom I, I, uh, upon whom I uphold mine elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. So this light was spring up, and what he began to declare was that this is not just for the twelve tribes, that I'm not just the light to Israel, I'm not just the light of the world, but I'm a light to the Gentiles, to both Jew and Gentile, that I am the light of the world. And this light is the life. In other words, He didn't come to give us a law we had to keep. He came to give us a life that would keep us. And this life would be the light, the light of men, that men would be attracted to this light. But it was one of the things that He was giving light to is the fact that it would be inclusive to the Gentiles. And then He goes on in Isaiah 42 and prophesies the very things that you see the same Scriptures say 
in the four Gospels because he said, He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. The bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flock shall he not quench till he sent forth judgment unto truth. That's a quote from the New Testament, or the New Testament actually quotes Isaiah. Talking about Jesus. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and and the isles shall wait for his law. For thus saith the God, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit unto them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I will, up, I will hold thine hand and will keep thee. I will give thee, talking about Jesus, I'm going to give you as a covenant for the people and for a light to the Gentiles. So Jesus is where God makes the new covenant between the Father and the Son, and it's where He includes uh, the, the, the both Jew and Gentile, even in Him. He came to make out of twain one new man. And as He begins to declare this, and talks about light coming to pass and coming forth into even among the Jew and the Gentile, and as he begins to declare these things, his message is simply this then, repent, the kingdom's at hand. A lot of powerful stuff. I, let me just tell you that I have a book called From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. There's probably some information going to be on the screen later about that. But this book is about that whole idea, repent, the kingdom's at hand. The word repent doesn't mean you just need to get saved every week. It means change the way you think. Metanoia is the Greek word. Have a shift in your thinking, because if you can change the way you think, the kingdom is within your grasp. The kingdom of God is not where you go when you die, it's where you went when you were born again. You became a citizen of the kingdom at that moment. But see, repentance is not just what you turn from. See, because repentance talks about to turn about, to change one's bent, to think differently afterward. So we turn from but see, he's talking about here not just turning from sin. He's talking about we're turning away from Moses. We're turning away from the old covenant. You search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. That's not the light. I'm the light. And he's trying to focus on Jesus. And he's changing the focus to pointing toward him. And he's saying to them, I am the light of the world. But when you repent and you change the way you think, you're shifting from the government of law and being governed by rules. That's what you're turning from, but you're turning toward the government of Holy Spirit where you're governed by the Spirit of God and you're governed by a different law called the law of love because he talks about establishing his law among the Gentiles. But in the new covenant, he said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. That's part of the new commandment that he gives to us. And he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. He's not talking about the law of Moses. Now, I'm not telling you it's all right to sin. I'm just telling you that when you love, you won't take somebody else's wife. When you love God, you won't have to be told to what you have to do. You're going to begin to live out of your new nature and the supply of the Holy Spirit. Under the old covenant, 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt, they're at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God gave them the law. 50 days exactly, God gave them rules on rocks. In the new covenant, 50 days after Jesus, who is the true Lamb of God, was slain, they're in an upper room, and this time God don't give them rules on rocks. This time He gives them the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is to the new covenant what the law was to the old covenant. On the old covenant, you were governed by rules on rocks. In the new covenant, you're governed by Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God, or the government of heaven, is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy, and it's located in the Holy Ghost. And so you're governed by the Holy Spirit, and you're governed by the law of love. And when you love people, you treat them right. You won't steal from them. You won't take their wife. You understand where I'm coming from. Love is a greater constraint than law ever thought about. Now let me just take you over here and kind of connect this with light again, because Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. And let me see if I, I can bring it up here. And this is in 1 John 1, verse 1. Uh, verse 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard from Him, of Him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not the truth. So you can see that behavior flows out of our relationship with God. Right believing will produce right living. Right relationship with God will produce right living. Now let me say this, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But here, watch this, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we declare ourselves, and we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. So he goes on to say in this chapter, if you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. So here's again, He's bringing us to a place where it's not simply talking about, uh, you know, a bunch of rules that we've got to do, but an outflow of relationship with the Father and the Son, that this life becomes the light. Man, I, let, me, let me take this on over to chapter 2 and see if I can connect these dots. Uh, let me just go on down through here and just cut through some of it. Verse number, uh, let's see, this would be verse number 10. Well, let's say, uh, verse number 8, he says, now let me, let me get verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Now this is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John. He that saith he is in the light, and hates his brother, is in darkness even until now. And he that loves his brother abides in light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. 
I write unto you, children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. And then it's, I'll write to you, fathers. But this is one of the pieces that I wanted to get before I close out this segment on I am the light of the world. He goes on to say in this chapter here, I'm not writing a new commandment to you. I'm writing an old commandment. And then he says, brethren, I write, a, I'm sorry, I write a new commandment unto you. And that new commandment is that you love one another. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because the darkness has blinded his eyes. But if we say we love God and we hate our brother, then we're not walking in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So walking in the light is walking in love. It's not walking in condemnation and guilt because in all of these prior segments that I showed you, these scribes and Pharisees, they're not walking in light. They're walking in law. They're full of hatred, condemnation, and guilt. But Jesus said, I didn't come. I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I came to save them. I came to give you the light of life. I came to give you a life. And that light of life is learning how to walk in love towards one another because it's, that's the life that becomes the testimony that is the light of the world. See, a lot of people like our Jesus. They just don't like a lot of His Christians because they don't act like Him. But when I believe we walk in love, it becomes attractive. I can, you know, sometimes we've thought that, you know, I can remember, I've used this example before, I can remember testimonies coming up in church and someone say, well, I saw a saint of God today at the grocery store. And boy, I knew she was a saint of God because of the glow on her face. And what a testimony and what a light she was to the world. And I'm thinking to myself, you didn't know her because she had a glow on her face. You knew her because she wasn't wearing makeup and she looked like Granny from the Beverly Hillbills and had, had a, you know, Beverly Hillbills. She had a knot, uh, top knot on her head or a beehive. And I'm not saying that if God told you to dress like that, that's up to you. That's your personal conviction. But to think that's the light is actually wrong. And we thought, well, what a testimony that life, because we thought that our condescending, condemning, holier than thou look was somehow the light. And we thought that, 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 that what a testimony this life was and what a light it was to the world. And the world stands back and looks at that and says, they don't see a testimony there. They, they look at somebody and say, you mean your God makes you look like this? That He's taken from you every sense of value and self-esteem and, and then these same condescending self-righteous people. Because what happens when you're under law is you get miserable. And misery loves company. And it wants to bring the same condemnation and guilt as the Pharisees did. I'm not saying it's alright to sin. I'm just telling you condemnation, guilt, and sometimes the bitterness that comes off of the tongues of religious people that are condescending and condemning is not the light of the world. The light is when we learn how to walk in love and walk in fellowship with one another where the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. For by this, He said, will all men know that you're my disciples because you have love one to another. 
That's what makes the world know that we're His disciples. That's the real light that came into the world. That was inclusive of both Jew and Gentile, bond and free. I believe that when we start to walk in love towards other peoples and other people groups and other thought patterns, it doesn't mean that we agree with their lifestyles. You know, you can love people and not agree with the lifestyle. Matter of fact, I think sometimes we view, uh, we view, uh, you know, we, we want to put the sinner and the sin together when we, I believe there are things, it's like you have a relative that has cancer. Uh, you don't hate the relative, but you do hate the cancer because it's destroying them. That's how I see the love of God. That's how I see Him dealing with things in our lives. He's after the things that are destroying us. But when we walk in the light as He is in the light, and we have love one to another. See, I'm telling you, there's such divisiveness, even among the church. When the world sees us, they think, well, you all can't even get along. Why do we, why do we want to get involved in that? But when we start to reach out you know, uh, to the world and touch them. I heard in a conference this week, I heard somebody was saying about, you know, we get sometimes to the deep and profound things, and there's place for that. Don't misunderstand me. And this preacher was saying, you know, we can tell you all the details about the whore of Babylon and who she is and who this harlot is, but we won't cross the street to reach our hand out to the harlot or the whore that's on the street. Now, we know all the deep, profound things about the harlot of Babylon, but we can't help the harlot that's on the street corner of our towns. But when we reach out our hands in a posture that's not out to condemn, but we do like Jesus did, and we stoop down and we lower ourselves and identify with where they're at and begin to help them up out of that, we point them like Jesus did the blind man to an apostolic pool that's going to wash their eyes and rinse out of their eyes this false identity of who they are in Adam and will point them to a revelation of who they are in Christ and in this new covenant because he said, I will give him as a covenant to the people and to the Gentiles. Jesus is where God made the new covenant between the Father and the Son, and we are included by virtue of our relationship to Him in this new covenant, where He says, here's some of the tenets of the new covenant. I will write my law on your hearts, just like He stooped down and wrote in the sand of that when that woman was caught in adultery. To me, it powerfully pictures He stoops down and writes the law on our hearts. He writes in the sand of our human existence. The finger of the divine touches the earth of the sand of human existence. And He writes in His law in our hearts and our sins and iniquities. He said, I will remember no more. That's one of the tenets of the new covenant. I will remember their sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, I will remove their transgressions. I don't know about you, but that helps me. And that it really has brought me to a place understanding the new covenant that has empowered me and enabled me to love people that I couldn't seem to love before. You know, really in our hearts, there's something in us that wants to reach out to people who we see, you know, we, we, we've been taught to hate people with certain issues in their lives. And part of us says, I just want to reach out and love them. Let me just tell you, that's the nature of God in you that's rising up that says, I want to walk in the light as He is in the light. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. And if you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have love one to another, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all sin. 
Uh, that's what I'm going to say about I'm the light of the world. We're out of time again today. Uh, if you'd like to, again, like I said, help us with this ministry, sow seed into it, call the number on the screen. Someone will be standing by to take your call. If you miss them and the phones are busy, leave a message if you'd like a return call with someone will call you back. The easiest way to give, though without waiting on the phones, is to go to the website and give there via credit card. You can actually sign up for a monthly debit if you want to be a part, or send a check or money order to the address on the screen. Thank you for doing that. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.